0: Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And he said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased and said unto him, Don't you hear what they're saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise? And he left them,
1: went out of the city into Bethany and he lodged there. Welcome to The Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. Dr. John G. Mitchell often asked a question that is still inscribed on the library wall on the campus of Multnomah University. He asked it of every class and challenged every student with it. Don't you folks ever read your Bibles? It is quite evident that he did. Dr. Mitchell once forgot his Bible in his office when he arrived to teach a graduate-level class on the minor prophets. Without a pause, he quoted the scripture for the day, word for word, from memory. Dr. Mitchell knew his Bible. Many were blessed by his Bible teaching, and today we invite you to share in those blessings by listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed, What God reveals in his written word was true in the past, is still true today and will be true tomorrow. The truth in God's word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever.
2: The Apostle Matthew continues to demonstrate the use of the scriptures in the life and the ministry of our Lord Jesus. In the passage before us, Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 through 16, the Savior spoke from Scripture twice, which Matthew then records for us. In verse 13, Jesus begins by saying, It is written. And then in verse 16, He says, Have you not read? The first statement is from Isaiah chapter 56, verse 7, which God Himself spoke through Isaiah. And then Jesus asks one question, and then quotes Psalm chapter 8, verse 2, which speaks of the praises of the Messiah from the lips of little children. Jesus knew the Word of God. In John chapter 8, verse 30, Jesus says, If you abide in my word, then truly you are disciples of mine, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Well, here's Dr. Mitchell on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast.
0: Thank you. Good day, friends. Again, we come to you with studies in the book of Matthew And we trust that the Lord may make these meditations very precious and very real to your heart. We are in the book of Matthew, chapter 21. And we're dealing here with the the last week of our Lord's earthly life of ministry among men, chapters 21 through 23. And we were dealing in our last lesson with the fact that our Lord presented himself to the nation uh, and was rejected. And he came according to the prophets in other words he fulfilled zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 where our lord was going to come riding the fall of an ass and we have the the people rejoicing because he is the son of david and yet may i again remind you that even though they said hosanna to the highest hosanna to the son of david and so on they did not recognize his person They did not receive him even as their Messiah, even though they called him the Son of David. They said, Is this not Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth? And then you have him coming into the the temple. He went right into the temple, and you remember he had opposition, which causes me to read to you from verse 12 down through verse 16. If you have your Bibles, I wish you might turn to this passage with me Matthew chapter 21, starting at verse 12 And Jesus went into the temple of God, and cast out all them that sold, and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables of the money-changers, and the seats of them that sold doves. And he said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased and said unto him, Don't you hear what they're saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. And he left them, And went out into the city went out of the city into bethany and he lodged there now let me just stop here for a little while today here our lord is manifesting his authority as the messiah as the son of david as the king of israel you remember that his ministry started with him cleansing the temple and his ministry ends with him cleansing the temple in john's gospel chapter 2 now the Lord starts his ministry. Remember, he took a scourge of cords and he drove the money changers and those who sold uh, lambs and so on and, and those who sold doves, he drove them out of the, out of the temple and said, my father's house uh, is to be a house of prayer and so on. And they said, what right have you got to do this? Where do you get your authority? And his answer was, you destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it again. This he said concerning his body. In other words, the resurrection of our Savior was going to be the, uh, the sign of his authority as to his sonship, as to his claims. And by the way, that's so today. How do we know that Jesus Christ is a real Savior of sinners? How do we know he has put away our sins? How do we know we can stand before God acceptably in his presence? Is it not? because? The one who died for us and was buried was raised again from the dead. And may I remind you that this was ever the message of the early church. The disciples never defended the resurrection of Christ. They proclaimed it. This was the guarantee of his person and of his work. Now, when we come to Matthew chapter 21, the last week of his ministry, he does exactly the same thing. He drove out the money changers, overthrew the tables, uh, and those who sold doves, he just cleaned the whole business out. And in verse 13 it says, he said, It is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And you remember Isaiah 56, 7, where you have the prophecy, concern this very fact that the temple of God is to be the house of prayer for all nations. And may I say, my friend, that he has a right to cleanse his own temple. It's his father's house. And what had they done? They had made it a den of thieves. They had commercialized the things of God. Now, I know one could uh, rationalize what they had done. I'm sure if you had talked to the Jews of the day, they could have said, well, we're doing something for God. We're making it easy for these people who come from afar to worship Jehovah in the temple of God. They've come from different parts of the empire, and we make it easy for them to buy their sacrifice and to change their money and to buy doves and pigeons Why we're doing God a favor in doing this. So they rationalized their commercializing of spiritual things. May I say that that very same spirit is manifested today in the book of Jude, verse 11, where Jude, you remember, writes, Speaking of the last days, when he said, uh, talking of the doctrine of the ecclesiastical leaders of the last days, they've gone the way of Cain, that is, salvation without the work of Christ at the cross. They followed after the error of Balaam for reward, that is, they commercialized spiritual things. And they followed after the gainsaying of Korah, which was a despising of the authority of the Word of God. Those three things are very evident today. Even religious leaders here and there declare there's no value to the blood of Christ, no value to the sacrifice of Christ. When he died, that was the end of Jesus. This is what they teach. They deny the resurrection of Christ, and they commercialize spiritual things, and they despise the authority of the Word of God. In fact, one is amazed today that most of our seminaries in America do not believe in the inerrancy of the Word of God you see some things are are not inspired of God but what I'm after here is this question of taking spiritual things and commercializing and I might say here my friend it's not only true in the world it's even true among some of evangelical evangelical Christians where we take the gospel as a means to an end to get money may the Lord deliver us from such a thing But I say our Lord has a right to come into the temple and cleanse it. You know, I would love to have been there. I don't know how you feel, but I would like to have been in the temple that day when the Lord came in. He came into the city riding a full of an ass. Now the children followed him into the temple, crying Hosanna to the son of David. You'd take the kids to do that, by the way. And this made the... Pharisees and scribes and chief priests very, very angry. But what say, uh, I was going to say, I can just see the Lord coming through the city of Jerusalem and making his way right through to the temple. By the way, may I inject here, as he went down the streets of Jerusalem, I, I'm sure he saw many things that should have been rectified. Our Lord did not stop to, recti- to rectify social conditions as he went through the city. He went right down to the basic fact they had despised their God. He went right to the temple of God and cleansed it. And the reason for the social conditions was because they had ruled God out of their lives. May I say this, my friend? As you and I look around us today in America, we see a great many things, great many injustices, uh, a great deal of unrighteousness, a great deal of unfairness a great deal of immorality and corruption in high places and low places and you say we've got to do something for our people but did you ever stop to think the basic trouble that which is the cause of it all is because we've turned our back on the Living God we have thrown his word out we despise the Spirit of Christ and we have dethroned the person of Christ And when you rule God out of a generation or out of a nation or out of a family or out of an individual's life you rule in lawlessness sin then takes over remember that peace is the resultant of righteousness and unless our nation comes back to a place of righteousness in its dealings with men and women you're gonna have this problem in fact it's going to become it's going to come worse and worse. It's going to be far more difficult, far more heart than it is even today if we do not turn back to the Lord. I'm speaking now of the nation, and the word of God is full of exhortation concerning this. So our Lord, instead of fixing up the social things, went right into the temple, and he cleansed the temple of all these fellows who were commercializing the things of God. I I, I say I would like to have seen him do that. I would like to have been there that day and seen these Jews trying to gather up all their shekels and see the tables overturned with the coins running in every direction and driving out the sheep and whatever they had in there and letting loose the doves out of their cages and seeing the priests mad. Why should they be mad? Because I suppose they had a, Shall I say they had their hand out for a little handout from these who were merchants. They allowed them to be in the temple, and I'm sure they got a rake off. But you know, there's a little verse here in verse 14 that kind of struck me very forcibly. And I read, after when he was cleansing the temple, I read, there came in those who were blind and lame, and they came to Jesus in the temple, and he healed them. You know, I just love that. One moment he is manifesting his authority, and he cleanses the temple of these who are despising the things of God. He turns right round with a heart full of compassion and love and grace and tenderness, and he opened the eyes of the blind and he healed the lame who came to him. Do you know that's true today, even though a great many uh, a, in ecclesiastical circles, are not true to the Word of God not true to Christ Let may be true the Lord's heart is always open to those who are in need my friend may I say this to you today that our Savior even now is always ready always waiting to meet anybody who will come unto him whatever their needs may be you know in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28 our Lord could say come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do you want rest? Do you want peace of heart? Why don't you come? It is not that you are waiting for God. God's waiting for you. He's already made the provision. He already says, come. And I say, I don't care what your condition is. If you just come, he'll meet your need. He'll satisfy your heart. It may be I'm talking to some today who are distressed and discouraged, and you're you're lacking that wonderful rest and that peace. You're all disturbed. You've been misunderstood or you're in suffering or in sorrow. May I suggest to you today that the precious Savior who turned, the one who cleansed the temple, manifesting his authority as the Son of God, when he said, My Father's house is a house of prayer for all nations, Though spurned by the nation, those spurned by the leaders, and hated by the priests. He, he took the time out to turn around to these who came to him in their need, the blind and the lame and what have you. Oh, friend, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In his heart, in his character, in his purposes. He wants to meet the need of people, but you have to come to him. That's why in John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 12, we read, To as many as received him, to them he gives the right, the authority, the power to become the children of God, even to them that believe on his name. If I'm talking to you today, whatever your need may be, why don't you come to him? His arms are outstretched. If our Lord could turn from these ecclesiastical leaders after judging them, and driving them out of God's temple, out of his father's house and yet could turn around and manifest such wonderful love and compassion to these in need. He's the same today. You see, when Mr. Mitchell, I'm, I'm so discouraged, I've looked at the preachers and ecclesiastical leaders and so-called Christian people and church people who attend church and I'm discouraged. Why don't you turn to the Lord? Don't look at people. You know, when you and I look at people, we generally see something there we don't like. Because none of us are perfect. All of us have frailties and weaknesses and failures of one sort or another. Why not turn to Him? He said, Come unto me. He said, He that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. This is a faithful saying, unworthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He just wants you. He wants you personally. You see, this question of life, this question of salvation, this question of forgiveness, this question even of restoration, question of relationship between you and the Savior, between you and the Savior. And may I say what I have said so often, there's a difference between relationship to Christ and fellowship with Christ. Relationship is settled the moment you accept Jesus Christ is your own personal Savior. Then from there on you should grow in the grace of God, in the Word of God, and enjoy fellowship with Him day by day. Now, I, I, in looking at this verse 14, I couldn't help but say those few things. I just love this picture. I can see Him driving out the enemy, men who should have known better, those who called themselves a priest of God but had no heart for God. One is reminded of the prophet Isaiah when he said, with their mouths they, they, they speak great things. In their hearts they're far from me. Oh God grant that you and I may have the reality of life in Christ because of relationship to him personally. And so I read in verse sixteen And these leaders said to Jesus Don't you hear what these boys and girls are saying? Yes, what are they saying? Hosanna to the Son of David. That's right. And he proved himself to be the Son of David right in their very midst by opening the eyes of the blind, by healing the lame. May I again say to you, my friend, in the book of Matthew, these miracles of Christ were his credentials as to the fact that he was the Messiah, the Christ of God, the Son of David, the Son of God. The Lord didn't ask me to perform those miracles. But he performed them for a purpose. That purpose was to reveal to them, even the last week he was on earth, even after he had scourged the temple and driven them out, and the priests and the scribes were saying, don't you hear what these youngsters are saying about you? Yes, but didn't you know what I've just done? Again, he presents his prophetical right to the throne. He said, yes, did you never hear? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. And I say there was no excuse for these leaders because right before them he not only manifested his authority by cleansing the temple, but he manifested his person by opening the eyes of the blind and healing the lame and meeting the needs of people who needed him. Oh, the blindness again I say, the blindness of unbelief. Nothing so dark as unbelief. And God d- deliver you and me from the terribleness of unbelief in Jesus Christ, God's precious Son, who not only is the Messiah, but he's the savior of all who will come unto him. Now may the Lord make this simple lesson very precious and very real, and again, I say to you, if you have any special need, why don't you go to the Lord, His heart? His arms are open to receive you, if you will come to him. And he that cometh to me, said Jesus, I will in no wise cast out. Why don't you trust him? Why don't you trust him? The Lord bless you for his name's sake.
3: Hear him knocking, hear him pleading, for he loves you, my friend. Jesus loves you, my friend, today. To lived with man said be born again and be Loves you, my friend, he died and rose that.